This is Adrian Warnock's Christian Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Well, hi, everyone. It's Adrian Warnock here again with one of my little uh, interviews. And um, today I'm joined by a friend of mine who is um, a, a successful entrepreneur with many strings to her bow. She's um, well known for her web work, also for her writing and also for a uh, sort of blog series, really, that she's done um, uh, about sharing moments. But what draw me to, drew me to her attention this morning uh, was something that she put on um, Facebook, um, which uh, certainly attracted some attention in, in, uh, among her friends, and I'm one of her friends on Facebook, and um, seemed to resonate with quite a lot of people this morning. So Kenno, why don't you explain what it was you were posting about this morning? Okay, literally, hi everyone. Um, literally what it was, was um, I woke up this morning and I thought about how I would have woken up in lockdown a few years ago. Then I was still in the middle of, um, well, many years ago, I was still sort of like building my business, trying to get everything going. And I knew that if I'd woken up in lockdown, say about six, seven years ago, I would have woken up with a little bit of anxiety. I would have had a very very long to-do list. I would have been thinking about, oh, what I'm, what I'm going to um, write about, you know, what I'm going to create. Uh, I'm going to think of some strategy for my business. You know, what new clients can I get? What am I going to do when the lockdown is over? I'll be looking at different business opportunities. I'll be going on webinars, going on Facebook, doing all that. And that sounds kind of right, doesn't it? It sounds like productivity, you've got to do something. Uh, but thankfully, things had changed over the years. And as I woke up this morning, I just realized that I woke up in the moment. I didn't wake up thinking about tomorrow being my moment, tomorrow being what I do and what I achieve. I was actually waking up in the moment and I was fine where I was. I was grateful for, for where I was. I accepted where I was. I didn't feel like I had to do anything to get accepted. And um, what I've been thinking about for the last couple of months was the sanity you find in the moment. Because while you're there, you're present, then you're okay. You can find out who you really are, uh, what you really should do in that moment. And then whatever it is, whether you go on a walk or whether you pick up an activity you want to do, it's fine because you're in the moment and you're bringing your best self to that moment. So that was the summary of my post. That's pretty good. Let's, let's talk some more about that. Um, I think what you're talking about a little bit is um, the fact that many of us are so busy thinking about tomorrow uh, that we yeah. forget about today. Uh, is that partly what you're saying? That's partly what I'm saying, but it's also not accepting where you are today. You always want something different, something better. And I feel as well that social media has something to do with it. So say, for instance, you go on social media, you find that somebody is using the time in lockdown to maybe write a book. And that's something you sort of want to do. Instead of being where you are and finding peace where you are, and just accepting where you are, you tag on your future, you know, how will I put it? You tag on your, your self-acceptance. You tag on your value 
to what you're going to do tomorrow. Your value is never in the moment. Your value is in something else. Oh, when I write that book, when I work, when I do this. And um, there were quite a few people commenting. I don't know if you saw the comments on the post. I mean, somebody said, this brought tears to my eyes. It's exactly what I needed to hear. Um, someone said, I thought I was the only one falling behind with my well-laid plans for the next day. You know, so it just sort of frees you from all that expectation you put on yourself. And you put it on yourself, and is it really true? Is that life? Yes, and I suppose the thing is as well, um, what being in lockdown does for us is it means that we can't do a lot of the things we want. And that can be yeah. quite frustrating, I suppose. You know, we, we have these great plans. As you say, we're building perhaps towards a future. And I guess it's not wrong to have plans, but if you... I guess the issue is what happens when those plans get frustrated and um, perhaps you can't, I mean, bit of a funny story. We thought we'd try a different tool this morning and it didn't quite work. Yes. So do you get frustrated and think, ah, oh, you know, because of course you don't have necessarily someone in the office next door who might be able to help you with your IT issue. You know, you've got to figure it out for yourself or, you know, um, or I don't know, even something as simple as the supermarket, you can't get uh, the food you want in the supermarket and suddenly, we're like, ah, oh, no, I couldn't get the right sort of bread or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having plans. Absolutely nothing. But it's the value you attach to the, to the plans. So when you have no value for yourself in the moment, um, and your value is to what you're going to do with your plans, that's when the anxiety and the stress comes true. And that's where you get people saying that, oh, lockdown is supposed to be a time of productivity because that's what it's in their head. That's the mindset. And then whatever they're doing now is of no value at all. So resting is of no value. If they can't leave the house because they're vulnerable, they look at it as no value because the value is attached to something in the future, to their to-do list. And I think that's the point I'm making that where you are now, there's value in that and that's where your value should be and if you're making your plans or you're you're writing your book and that's your moment and that's your value that's fine but don't get your value from tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised to you yes and i guess that's something that has, has also come to the fore for a lot of people um you know for me obviously personally um i had my life interrupted about three years ago when i got sick and you know i've not been able to work i've not been able to write as much as I used to, I've not been able to produce, I've not been able to do, and for sure. And I think that's one of the reasons why I kind of got a bit attracted to your post, because certainly when that first happened for me, that was quite a difficult thing, because I think, you know, suddenly I couldn't do all the things that I was trying to do to add value um, to other people um, and to, to actually help other people. But also I think to just feel that I was valuable and I was achieving something and some, somehow, in this lockdown, I guess everybody's had a, a, an experience a little bit like that, maybe not quite as extreme as, as getting sick, but for many people, they can't work now, or, or maybe they're yeah. able to do a bit of work at home. Um, and suddenly, you know, I think it can be very unsettling for people. It is, and I think there are two types of people. There are people that still in this, because we all know that the earth is resetting. I mean, everybody is talking about they can hear the birds singing louder now. There's something happening on the earth. We're resetting. Nature is resetting. And there's still some people who sort of have that productivity mindset. Now, I'm not talking about our valuable key workers and NHS staff, 
HR resource who are working really hard. I'm talking about, you know, entrepreneurs, self-employed, people that are just in our position. But with that mindset, there's still a restlessness in them. They still have to achieve or they still have to be productive in, in, their, own, in their own mind. And that's something in their minds. And there are all the people who've just let go. And I'm saying that whatever you're doing, you know, just make sure that there's no stress attached to it. Um, I wrote something, I wrote a blog post called Sanity in the Moment. I think about, uh, probably about six weeks ago, I can't remember. And what I said was, um, being in the moment is the only thing that brings sanity, regardless of whatever chaos is raging outside. Because in a moment, only two things exist. Two yourself and your breath okay your freedom doesn't exist you you, you you can have you can be a prisoner but in the moment it's yourself and your breath you can be someone that's sick you know your health is is suffering but you have your breath you might be poor but you have your breath you might be homeless so being in the moment they're just two things yourself and your breathing and what i always say to people is that Take control of your breathing. Tomorrow is not promised to you. I might get a phone call saying I've won a million. Hey, I might be a millionaire in the next moment. Or I might get a phone call saying I've lost everything. Nothing is guaranteed in this world. So if you take control of your breathing, and that's where this whole issue of mindfulness and just you know meditating, of praying, of being calm in the moment, and just breathe in and breathe out. And you just take that moment and you find sanity. So imagine someone that's really anxious about tomorrow. Lay aside all that anxiousness. Take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. Now doing that, you find strength. There's a peace that comes. There's a calmness that comes. And once you found that strength, take it out and face the chaos. But don't run to the chaos without finding that strength. And that strength you can only find when you accept the moment as it is. And that's a lesson that I've been saying to myself. And it's sure helped me with a few bits of anxiety that um, I've dealt with in the past. Oh, it's very good. And of course, um, as Christians, um, you mentioned prayer. And uh, I think yes. you know, that sense of every breath actually being given to us by God, that, you know, yeah. as you breathe in, you, you, you know, you're, you're, accepting a gift from god actually in that moment and uh, as you it's all out, about god you know you're expelling things that uh, you know you're, you're expelling things as well that might not be so helpful um, and it's about gratitude because you don't control your breath do you no it's given to you so as you're breathing in it's gratitude because you're saying lord I've, there's only two things here myself and my breath and i cannot even control my breath you're the one that gives me the breath if you take it away i'm done for you know, I no longer exist, mm. you know, so it's, it's that the gratitude. And I think it's just coming to that place of peace, accepting that and finding strength from that. And it's interesting, of course, because, you know, what we're discovering is actually we don't have to rush around the whole world, back yeah. and forth, catching planes yeah. everywhere and, you know, going here, yeah. going there, doing this, doing that um, and buying this and buying that, you know, and no. shopping here and going to this and, we can actually survive, we can actually live just in our homes, with our families, with our friends, and just, just being, in a sense, a little bit back to how humans were 
maybe before all this globalization and travel and speed and rushing around was i mean it's an interesting thought isn't it yeah i have no idea where we got it from i mean i think of us going on the tube you know you wake up in the morning you've got to catch the eight or three train you know you jump from the station platform and then you're holding that you're shaking along and you're walking to work hello everyone and you're at your desk you're typing away you know you get back home you're too tired sleep the next morning it's the eight or five train you know and there's no stopping is that really being human well this is it i mean I- I don't want to get too into this now because I think, you know, we don't want to get too much into the future and miss this whole point about being in the moment. But I do wonder whether the future that we build out of this moment will be exactly the same. So, you know, maybe a, a lot of people might think, actually, I only need to go into the office once or twice a week, maybe not every day, you know, for example. I don't know. I, I think that would be good. And I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's taking a step back because if you listen to the news, you probably get a lot more anxious and thinking, oh, I've got to, you know, these are VUCA times, volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous times. Oh, I've got to do something. I've got to make a plan. And there's always someone trying to sell you something. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's so many webinars, you know, attend my webinar and, you know, make more money or protect your business. There's so much going on. Yes. Uh, so as much as I feel and I hope that we will take a step back, I think it's going to be very intentional for us to do that. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And so it's a good opportunity, I guess, as you said, to explore, you know, calming ourselves down. You know, there's a, there's a verse in the scripture that sort of springs to mind, which talks about, I have stilled and I have calmed my heart. And I, yeah. and I, don't, I don't concern myself with things too lofty for me. I mean, of course, we're all gonna watch a bit of the news and we're gonna maybe read stuff and, you know, look at some of the data and understand some of the trials that are going on and certainly for me i'm quite interested in that because of my scientific background like you know and it's a great moment actually to be proud to be british all of a sudden because we've got this vaccine going on and we've got the world's largest clinical trial and there's a place for thinking about all of that and and also for understanding the grief that's going on as well for so many families as they're losing people but there's also a place as you said for just stepping away from it for for just switching it off i mean at the beginning i was watching way too much of it and now I do allow myself to watch some of it, but I, I take a step back and I do other things. And, and I'm like, yeah. you know what? There are scientists to deal with some of these things. Uh, fortunately, there are you know, medical experts in Oxford and in London that are running these huge trials. I mean, there's a trial at the moment of 6,000 UK patients that have actually been randomly selected to different treatments to try and yeah. figure out what works yeah. rather than just, oh, I don't know, let's let's just try something because we think it's a good idea. So yeah. no one else in the world is doing that. But that's a wonderful thing. But it's also a good thing to just yeah. say, you know what, I've got other things to think about. I mean, if you can, if you're in the middle of the trials or you're a medical doctor or a scientist, definitely, you know, there's a lot of pressure. And I think that's one thing about, I look at myself, as I said, I could have been in my to-do list doing a lot of things. But if I take a step back, then I can pray for the people who are really out there on the front line. I'm not thinking about worrying about the tomorrow that I don't know what it's going to look like and spending all my time worrying. I can pray and I can be at peace because I believe that we all need each other. The medical doctor who is so stressed at the front line, me being calm and praying will hopefully just, by spiritual, will just help because I'm not adding that sort of anxiety to the atmosphere or anything. So um, I just think if we can, and that will be my message, 
just take a step back and think about what it really means to be human again. No, that's right. So a while ago, I wrote a bit about um, Christian mindfulness, and I did an interview yeah. with somebody who's who's actually put together some mindfulness programs, and I'm actually planning on um, talking some more about some of the other things as well. I, I'm wondering, do you do anything specific with mindfulness yourself, Keno, or is this something that's a bit more general? Do you do what follow any programs or use any systems? Um, no, I think the only thing I, I do with my uh, mindfulness is what I created the, the time. Um, I told you about Tiny Life Moments, which is a storytelling platform. And that has been a tool for my own mindfulness because it's all about the moments in your life and focusing on what's present and observing where you are. And I find that I'm able to tell a story about something that has happened to me presently because I'm always in the present. So I'm finding that I'm seeing things more because I'm remaining in the moment rather than thinking above. So something might just happen and I'm like, oh, that was significant. Whereas before, I would have just walked on past without that being significant. Um, so I'm sharing Tiny Life Moments with a few other writers. And they're also discovering the same thing, that the more aware, the more present they are in the moment, knowing that they're going to tell the story, the more mindful are they about things that are happening around them. And even mundane things become a thing of a blessing or of peace or of calming. Uh, because they're not just rushing. So that I use that quite a bit, my writing. That's good. Can you give us a specific example, Keno, of that? Um, I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll give an example of the first one that I wrote. Yes. So um, is, is, uh, I'm trying to make this not too much of a long story, maybe about two minutes. So I lost a friend about um, 12 years ago now. I think it was down to... Um, uh, cancer and I wasn't able to grieve or cry or nothing and she was my best friend and um, in January I went for a funeral of a friend's wife and um, the friend who had lost his wife wanted the color code to be emer emerald green because his wife loved emerald green and I went for the funeral and I thought it was a beautiful funeral his wife had just turned 50 so it was quite tragic but it was a beautiful funeral and as I walked out there, just remaining in the present, I just remembered my friend who had died 12 years ago. And it occurred to me that even though she was my best friend, I had forgotten in that moment what she liked or what she disliked. And normally I would just walk onto my car and drive, but I stood there for a minute. And I thought to myself, her name is Noye. And I said, Noye, did you like emerald green? And that was the moment for me. Because I realized that the, the thoughts or the memories of her had faded quite a bit. Whereas the memories of my friend who just lost his wife was very sharp. But in that moment, I also realized that our friendship was not just about me remembering or not remembering. That there was something about me still able to smile and say to her, well, I attended the funeral. The color code was emerald green. And there was just a moment of peace in there, a moment of just being present with uh, my feelings of someone I had lost and been in a funeral. It was actually quite funny, but a few years ago, I would have moved on from it really quickly, but I stayed with the moment and I just learned that, you know what, friendship lasts, love lasts in the heart. That's what I realized. That even though you've lost a loved one, what's in the heart is still there. I realized that, 
my friend was so real that I almost knew that I would see her again. And I said, God, you did say that, you know, we would meet again. This is so true because I do feel in this moment, I'll meet my friend again. So the concept of eternity and the resurrecting power of Christ was real to me as well in that moment. And before you know it, I had a moment that was so significant. And that's something that I could have just walked away from. That's wonderful. That, that's really, really wonderful. Um, so I guess just taking time to actually notice things and to think yeah. um, rather than sort of rushing on uh, to the next thing is, is, is kind of partly what you're talking about there, to, to slow down. I mean, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Um, and I guess at times like this, this is a good time to do that. You know, you, you don't have to rush off to work. You can get up and you can spend that bit of time reflecting, praying, worshipping, singing worship music or reading the Bible or just, or just even thinking, uh, which so often we don't even think, I fear. No, we don't. And the funny thing is that we always know when we're supposed to be still. I believe there's a still small voice on the inside that just says, stop here. You know, but our mind is like, you can't stop there. You've got the washing to do. You've got the ironing to do. You've got to go shopping. You've got to buy this. You've got to do that. And the still small voice is just wait a little, but you can't because you have so many things to do. And of course, there's another side to all of this that, you know, uh, we've been rushing around, many of us, or at least I used to, it's a while ago since I did, but, you know, rushing around, seeing lots of different people. You know, when you go into the work on the tube, for example, you come across thousands of people and you can't possibly stop and give each of them the time of day. Um, but I think for many people right now, um, it's an interesting because there are some people, let's be honest, that we're almost secretly quite glad we don't have to see them at the moment. Maybe that difficult boss or, you know, that person at work that, that, that grates against you or, or, or maybe just someone that, I don't know, drains you of energy or something. But then there are other people that we perhaps miss more. And, you know, we're making conscious choices to connect with certain people um, via sort of either video phone or talking. And, Actually, there can be some quite precious moments in that, or perhaps precious moments with family or um, that we're living with. Um, do, do you not think as well that it, that, uh, just what made me think of it was when you sort of talked about being so attached to that best friend of yours. I mean, have you found that in these moments of, um, you know, reflection that it suddenly springs to your mind that there are certain individuals that you actually are connected to and that it's important to spend that time with and to check up on and say, look, hey, how are you doing? And, and let's talk. Yeah, yeah that, I, find, I find that that's uh, very important. Um, yeah, I mean, we cannot ignore the, the, the statistics that are all around us, you know? And I don't think, I know they said generally the elderly and the vulnerable, but I don't think you can take it for granted that you are invincible against COVID-19. So there's a very sense of, you know, nothing, nothing is literally promised. You just have to hope and trust in God. So it makes, it makes me treasure people around me a lot more. And um, I, I, I'm not taking people for granted, uh, but not even calling them or being attached to them. For me, I think it's just wanting to be a kinder human being, mm. you know? So when I'm out on my walk and there's somebody walking towards me, I go the two meters distance. Not because I feel I'm going to spread it to them, but they might even be anxious or 
You know, I just give them the space. And I'm hoping that, you know, um, by the time we all come out of lockdown, we'll just be kinder to each other, not just to people we like or the people we miss, but actually as, as a human race, the way we come out and clap for the NHS, you know, let's appreciate each other. We, I smile at the bus drivers now. There was a guy delivering a parcel and I gave him a thumbs up, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I so do let's appreciate these people who are risking their lives to help us in so many yeah. ways, not just in the hospitals either. And it's funny, isn't it? People that we perhaps don't think of, the bus drivers, the delivery people, yes. people yes. working in the Amazon warehouse, you know, and, and other places, yes. you know. All of these people are suddenly really crucial to us and we, we perhaps yes. appreciate their value more. And uh, as you say, there has been an outpouring of kindness. I mean, what was it 750,000 UK people volunteered to help um, the NHS and, you know, sort of things like helping with shopping or uh, delivering things. And I've certainly been the beneficiary of that, um, you know, being, being uh, on sort of an even more sort of thorough lockdown than some people are. So, it's, and it's, you do, you appreciate people a, a whole lot more. Um, and uh, you're right, we value our I own life So say that again? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, just what you were saying, I just hope after lockdown that we continue to value each other, be kinder to each other. You know, we're talking to our neighbors now, we're exchanging smiles with strangers. Uh, I'm not on the tube often, but I have been on the tube on a social experiment once, trying to smile at people. <laughs> and I got really, really funny, you know, reactions from people, you know, so I'm hoping that make, maybe I'll do this again. Maybe I'll get on the tube again and just get in and smile at someone and hopefully get a smile back. I'll tell you what's even more funny is to try and talk to a stranger on the tube. Um, um, it might not surprise you that I've done that in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah if I'm interested, I Why are you doing that? <laughs> I've done it a few times. I don't use the tube often, so I like doing it. Hmm? Yeah. I don't use the tube often, so there was once I was writing a series of the responses I was getting on the tube, and I'll actually go on and smile at people, and then I'll sit down and I'll write about the Lovely. reactions. Lovely. So, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. No, and so, I think just to sort of say as well, you, you mentioned about you know, no guarantees. And um, one thing which I've noticed for some people today, I think it's been quite a shock for them. Um, and, you know, obviously not everyone is responding as well as somebody like you, but there are some people who are suddenly really anxious because, you know, I think many of us have grown up with the idea that, oh, we'll be fine, you know, we'll live till we're 80 and then we'll fall asleep, you know, and that'll be the end of that. Mm. And we don't even think about that. We just sort of almost live as though we'll live forever. Um, and of course, for me, um, when I was diagnosed with a life-threatening illness, that really did sort of confront me with my own frailty um, and my own mortality. Um, and as you say, it makes you value life a lot more. And I think that in some ways, maybe not everybody, but a whole lot of people are having that experience right now um, because of this COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely have been quite shaken. I uh... I actually wrote a blog. I actually had to sit down and write a blog on what I felt death meant as a Christian, because obviously the way we, we think about it is different. Uh, very, it never ceases to amaze me that uh, death is one of the things that's most sure with human beings. But we, as a race, have been able to sort of just walk around and survive without thinking of death. We're not confronted with it. And even if when we are, 
at a funeral or when we're ill, we find it very easy to block, to sort of forget it the, the next day um, and not really come to terms with, we're, we're really very fragile. Yes. I just think for me, I have to realize that I, I am fragile. I'm, I'm only human. My life is not my own. It's in the hands of God. And I have to leave it there in the hands of God and have to trust him. Obviously, I do things within my control. I keep myself healthy. I'm taking vitamin D. I'm taking vitamin C. I'm drinking a lot of water. I'm going out once a day. You know, so I'm doing what I can do. But in the long run, my life is in his hands and I'm just going to leave it there. That's, that's a beautiful thing. And I mean, this is one of the things which is interesting. I, I do sometimes wonder how people cope without that, without that faith in God, you know, without that belief yeah. in eternity and that, that belief that, you know, where we are so frail that somebody else is in control. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, so how would, if someone was watching yeah. this and, and they don't have that faith in God, uh, what would you say to them? Are you there, Kenneth? Um, <laughs> Difficult question, huh? Sorry, it was, um, it was, yeah, it's a difficult question. So if I met someone that didn't have a faith in God, but was facing like a, a life-challenging issue, if I had time, I would just give them an analogy that death to me is not the end. I look at death as a doorway or a portal. And I'll say to them, you know, when a baby is being born, you should know this. A baby is in the womb for what, nine months? Hmm. In a nice, cozy womb for nine months, okay? Now, imagine that baby being born. Do you think the baby is actually happy? The baby has been fed, watered, nice and dark, nice and comfortable. And then suddenly the baby has been pushed out to a very noisy, screaming woman with people, giants in green gowns. The baby is going to think, I don't want to come out there. This is the end of enjoyment as I knew it. But we are welcoming the baby, thinking the baby is being born. In the same way, I always feel, and this is how I look at it, that death is just a doorway to the next life. And the problem is that we don't know where we're going to. But if there's a certainty on where we're going to, then we'll be more comforted because we're just passing from one life to another life. And I say to them, this is what I tell myself, that nobody really knows what's on the other side of the door because there are not many people who've come back to tell us what's on the other side. The people that have had near-death experiences, there are all sorts of stories, but nobody really, really knows. And I say to them, since nobody knows, if there's a door, I would like somebody to tell me that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And that's the kind of person I would like to tell me about how to go through this door. And luckily for us, we have somebody who said those three words, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Now, if you disbelieve that death is a finality and you're going to the dust and you're going to be no more, there's very little I can say to you. But if you believe that there is life after death, then you want somebody who's going to show you the way, the truth, and the light. Yeah, that's beautiful. And of course, you know, you can also think of that analogy that you were just describing as this current situation, because it can feel a little bit like death. It's the death of the old life, you know, 
And I've had to face that for myself. The old Adrian I often talk about, the one before I had my diagnosis. And we'll be talking, I'm sure, about the old life before COVID-19. Um, and sometimes we're desperate to try and get the old back. Um, and I don't, as I say, want to talk too much about this um, today. And this is probably, you know, more or less a good place to stop. But I would just want to say this, that perhaps the new life will be different, I think, even after this COVID-19, even after the lockdown. New life, there'll be a new life. Um, may not, maybe not quite as different as, you know, being in a womb and coming out of the womb or being in this body and coming out of this body. But actually, it's almost like we're in a cocoon right now. It's a good time to reflect. It's a good time to digest. It's a good time to examine ourselves and to think, how can I be a kinder person? How can I be a more present person? How can I be a more mindful person? Uh, a better person to live with, better connected with that God. And actually, the crucial thing is that not only does Jesus guide us to a better eternal future, he'll be guiding us to a better future right here, right now. And I think that can give us comfort also in that moment that we don't have to plan our future. We don't have to strain towards our future. We can trust him to guide us step by step and to be with us. He says, yeah. you know, in this world, we will have troubles. Well, in case anyone didn't believe that, we're having troubles, you know. Um, but he also said, take heart, I've overcome the world. And he is victorious. He's in control. Uh, and he loves us. He's for us. And he's got good plans for us. It's just that sometimes his plans are different to ours. Um, so there we go. Amen. Very well said. Very, very well said, Adrian. Yeah, well, Keno, it's been lovely to chat to you today. Thanks so much for joining us today. And um, I look forward to, um, to chatting to you again, I'm sure, in the future, not too, not too distant future, hopefully. Um, and um, if you're watching this on Facebook, um, you can obviously search for my name, Adrian Warnock, and you'll find my blog. And on there, I will put links to um, Keno. Your blog is I am Keno, is that right? And then... Yeah, .co.uk and then the uh, you mentioned these uh, moments what was the website for that again and obviously yeah, I'll write the that storytelling on. platform is tiny life moments tiny life and that's for um, writers and readers okay very good so um you won't see links below the video on facebook if you're watching this on facebook because facebook then penalizes you and won't let anyone see the video um, but you can either just search for my name and then find this video on my blog and there'll be links to Keno's there as well. So thank you very much, Keno, and um, all the best. And I hope some people have found this helpful um, and we'll do our best to produce other content like this that might be of use during uh, lockdown. And I'm certainly going to read some of your um, significant moments myself, Keno. That sounds very interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Stay well, Adrian. Yeah, and you, and you. Bye-bye then. Well, you've made it to the end of an episode of Adrian Warnock's Christian Podcast. You must have some stamina. Well done. And if you liked what you heard, you know what to do. Subscribe, review, tell all your friends about it. And in the meantime, why not visit adrianwarnock.com? <laughs>